Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Celtic now and for a podcast. My name is Ryan Clifford. Today we're joined by two guests, the panel. Once again, Robert Boyle. Robert, how you doing, my man? Hi, Ryan. How you doing? Hell, hell, mate. And uh, the main guest this week is uh, Sean Philbin. Sean, how you doing, mate? All right, Ryan. All right, Rap. How you doing, guys? All right? How you doing, Sean? Good to have you on, Sean. Cheers, mate. It's a pleasure to be here. Ah, Brilliant, mate. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, basically, this uh, episode is really just uh, talking to Sean about his experiences with Celtic. We've had a banter about the boys and obviously on uh, his music. Uh, Sean's a very good man with his guitar and singing voice, so we'll go into that later on. But obviously, um, Sean, early days as a Celtic fan, how does he get brought into the Celtic family to be one of us? Yeah, I think just like always, really, just uh, my family, my my. My mum, my dad, and both grandparents, both sides, and everybody in my family base are all Celtic fans. So, um, I was always going to be the same, but it's just, uh, I think, I'm mostly just family. As I say, it's also a bit older than me, so I was not been as through as much as you, but I, I'm always the same, man. Just your, your family gets you into the Celtic and you can just follow on for there. Hi, exactly, Ryan. It's just, as you say, it's you're brought up in it, in it. Your family's, uh, my full family's practically Celtic, bar the odd one or two. I don't know, it must have got dropped in a high sky riser or something. <laughs> um, but yeah. I am um, probably 97% of my family's Celtic, and uh, it's just been raised for a young boy. And I don't think I, I'm glad I've been brought up a Celtic supporter because it's gave me some of the best times of my life. Uh, it's definitely, I ain't showing you Paul Welker that one. You've seen a lot of success being a Celtic fan. and... Obviously, happy you're going to this side of Glasgow. 
million percent, man. Can you think getting any other way of life, basically? Just obviously the last good few years have been extremely successful and um, it's been it's been great following, following the, the, the team and stuff. But obviously, like Rab as well, we've had a lot of those times at the, probably the, at the early start of our lives or at the early beginning of our lives watching Celtic. Watching us getting pumped off an absolute dross. And, <laughs> Tell me about it, Sean. I, I remember when, as a young boy, I thought, studying 1994, man, the Coca-Cola Cup final. I know, exactly that, I know. Young, I think I was about nine or ten at the time. And I went with my dad and I was so excited, big first Cup final in my, my memory is. And we went, they beat us and I was just burst into total tears, man. And my dad just rubbed my head and he went, look wee man, it won't last forever, he'll be back. Yeah. And he just put his words, which is amazing. Obviously, when you're a young boy, it breaks your heart. You actually think that's the rest of your days going to be greeting every final, getting beat. <laughs> <laughs> now we can't imagine, no one won. Ah, uh, exactly, Sean. Yep, aye, definitely, mate. A lot of success for those and then obviously, Robert, you're asking about the uh, kind of earliest memory. Um, this is kind of the earliest memory. You're a Celtic fan, eh, Sean? Yeah, I remember going to... We were going to... It was a chance to stop 10 in a row, really. I think it was... I went to... I'd been to Hamden when we were the season at Hamden, and then I had, obviously, the... the uh, the kind of the, the year that I was in the temporary stand for, for a lot of games during mm-hmm. that kind of year we had that and I remember like Steve McManaman scoring that goal against us for Liverpool when they ran for the halfway line and prior to that I remember stuff like Cadet scoring that night against Aberdeen and stuff like that just all the kind of just too many memories to, to actually think of um, I remember Paul Wright scoring for Kilmarnock against us at Rugby Park one night when we have got to try and stop the 10 and I still I stopped them winning 9 even I think it was or 8 at that point in time and he beat 2 now and Paul Wright scored I remember quite, quite, quite successful striker for Kilmarnock and it's funny what Rab you're saying there about remember when you're younger greeting all the time I remember greeting that night I think to myself like, are we ever going to stop them now like, is this just going to be how it is forever Used to remember, I used to pummel them guys like Phil O'Donnell playing them at Parkhead, and I would pummel them for 90 minutes, and then they would just break up the part and score. And you'd get guys like Loudrop or whatever it was, breaking up the part and scoring for anywhere. And I remember them, they were desperate times. Albertson, Hately, and all that, as you say, Sean. I remember remember a game they they brought back Hately for one game, they re signed them. Um, It was a game, remember the game itself. Uh, and the Cano hit the crossbar with that when Tosh McCarthy flicked it up for him and that with a volley. Uh-huh. And they had Andy, they, they signed Andy Dibble, I think it wasn't to play in goals for him, then he signed uh, and Mark Cayley just to come back for that one game. Like, fucking bad, bad times back then and then all of a sudden you get Janssen in and changes start to happen and you break that, you break that kind of cycle that first year and obviously after that it's a couple of years I back to it normality I think is this just that back to we've had a one year of success like success basically like uh, and then you're back to normality and then obviously Martin and Uzi have kicked in. You know, obviously you were talking about like you were getting into the seasons thinking we were still there, we were still behind. Do you think that's how you're feeling now about us every season? Well will we actually stop it? 
will we still fit? Do you know that's just reversing roles basically now? I think as the season's going, Ryan, you get more anxious, more desperate to say the least. Um, you start to go, oh God, man. <laughs> it's just constantly winning nothing and you just feel every bit of bad luck that could hit you, hits you and shots that would normally against hitting bars, clear mm. down lines, you get injuries, you go, oh my God, this is just, you just feel like you're in a rut and it's never going right. in. That's the way you feel. Um, and the heart, total heartache of getting absolutely pelted after people is just, it's a lot to take at times. Probably nowadays people would call it bullying. Right. You're not much error, you know what I mean? It's, that's the way it feels. When you're young, I remember growing up, and my pals were some of them were Rangers supporters. Obviously, I've talked about it was success, and I didn't know what success was. I honestly didn't. I think the, the first one I remember was 1995. Pierre Van Hoydonk scored against Erdre, the Scottish Cup. Um, and you'd think we'd won the fucking European Cup with that day. Mm-hmm. Just the joy of winning out a trophy was just unbelievable. And it was Erdre, and it was a nail-biting 1-0 win. Well, exactly. I at Hamden, and I just remember dancing about it as if you'd won the European Cup. And it was like, wow, let's just actually win a trophy. You know what I mean? It was, it was good. But um, I, the, the difference is now that every year... There's, there's obviously a bit of a an arrogance about about Rangers fans, and they 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 start every year assuming that they're going to stop this mm-hmm. buzz in the league, and they're going to get this fifty-five. And then, obviously, over the last few years, we've been able to to kind of get the upper hand. And at the end of the day, as you keep saying, the banter years because they just build themselves up all the time and end up getting themselves slapped about the face because of all the crap you've got to read on Twitter, all the, the tweets that they're posting up. and uh, It's just, but Celtic fans probably back then were living more in desperation to, to, mm-hmm. stop the, to stop the time, whereas Rangers fans live now in expectation. I agree with you, Sean. Which is Sean, if you remember, we were finishing fourth and all that in the league. Ah, exactly, mate. Aye. Behind Aberdeen and stuff, and we were just... We had some shocking players in that. We had half decent players, but we had some really bad players. And we just couldn't compete. The old saying is, mm-hmm. thing we used to say was David Murray, if Celtic spend a fiver, we'll spend a tenner. That was his old saying. And he did do that for years because he had in England internationals playing in Scotland at the time. You know I what I mean? Know. And he had Loudrop, he had Gascoigne. They were, they were, they were spending mm-hmm. more than most teams in Europe, but they didn't obviously have the money at the time. But that's the difference. Back then, we had absolutely nothing. And no money to spend, you know what I mean? Now, now we've got money to spend, and we seem to be spending it on mediocre players yeah. at times. Like spending yeah. £5 million pound here and there. And I mean, it's a couple of the signings have made this summer that like £5 million on a goalkeeper, Jury's still out in him, £5 million on Yeti, Jury's still out in him, like £3.5 million last year or whatever it was in Clamara. Mm-hmm. Spending the guts of £3 million on David Turnbull, and he's just sitting on the bench. Getting scales in his ass, you know what I mean? That's, I know. The, 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 the thing is, that they used to buy, Rangers would buy players for whatever amount of money they were spending, rather than they, they would be ready to made for the first team, they would just go straight in. Whereas we're buying these players now, and half of them seem to be either coming to a club unfit or coming as projects. And, uh, I agree. I mean, obviously, the, the jury's still out, and he has got a couple of decent goals, and so has Kamala's got a couple of important goals, or, or whatever. And I know he's raw, but. There's a lot, of, a lot to be said for 
buying players that are going to come in and, and, and bring the team on rather than just enhance the squad. Because you've got guys there that have been going to the well for over and over again for the last years, McGregor, Brown. Guys are absolutely knackered, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. McGregor, McGregor played me a football named in the world. It seems like and he's not getting any, any respite and you can you can tell his performances at times he's no I don't know yeah, if he's, he's no fat, he's tired or whatever it is, he's just no he's no at it and I mean either as I said, they, they would buy players right away would be great and I mean remember they bought Jonas Tern, the, the Swedish centre midfielder, he was off I don't know if he was Sweden's captain at the time and they, they just signed him straight in the middle of the park. What a signing he was for him, but we're, we're signing guys that we're signing guys for three million and leaving them on the bench and not even giving them a chance. We're always trying to buy projects and turn them into superstars or 20 million uh, type players. That mm-hmm. only works one in every 10, as exactly. I've already seen. And the recruitment, as I spoke to Ryan before on previous podcasts, is for John Park left, the recruitment's been an absolute shambles. You know uh, what I mean? I'm not saying John Park was the gift of God for signing players, but he got probably seven out of ten, mostly right. Aye. It's getting harder and harder to find these young talents because guys like Man City will just go and pipe them at 15, 16 uh-huh. because they've got slight potential. Give them all the wages they want, and then if they make it, aye, great. If they don't, two million to them is nothing. You know what I mean? Correct, Correct mate. You see, obviously, you're talking about Tumble, right? Obviously, I don't know your opinion, uh, Sean, is, but me and Robert kind of spoke about it. My personal opinion is we've kind of stopped his development. We've signed him, we've chased him, signed him, and no playing him. I know he's from, I know he's saying me better players, but he's played another 10 games from other people and enhanced his enhance development. Absolutely. Stopping that. When I think he should be playing, as you you're talking about ready, ready-made players, he's played in Scotland. He is ready-made for, for Scotland, so should he, as you see, McGregor's tying? Well, to be honest, Ryan, I think, I think a big thing I know was that you went away, mother what, last week or whatever it was. And I mean, you're winning the game 3 1. And Brian, why not bring Turnbull on there? And they've brought on Sham. I mean, yeah. and Sham is one of the most inconsistent players I've, I've seen in, in years. And I mean, he's got all the ability in the world, but he just doesn't seem to want to ever put it like two or three games consistently, put that effort into to, to, to play a decent enough game or to. Whatever you want, however you want to look at it, like he doesn't, he doesn't perform, he doesn't produce. I, I, at times, I just don't see the point. What's the point in having the boy there on the bench for, I say, two point seven five million? I'm saying they paid from. What's the point in having him on the bench? I've seen him once for Celtic. I never seen him much for Mullow. I must, I must admit, um, I've seen him once for Celtic. Came off the bench, and I, even just the way he was, like his technique looked great, and he looked as if he could pick a pass. And by all accounts, he's got everything about him. He's got a bit of dig. He can work hard, he's fast, he can shoot, he's good positionally. Like, but, but we don't give him a chance for like, the, the players. Ninjam, obviously, on Twitter, and I've, I've always been a big time about Ninjam. I've, I've always said on his day, he's probably technically the best player in Scotland. But now I'm kind of getting to say, well, when is his day? Is it one every 10? One every 20? So, as you say, you're kind of like, you've got to play Tumble, who's fresh, new ideas. Player. Exactly, aye. It's a big change as well. Do you know what I mean, sometimes a big change brings a can give can give the whole the whole club a team a team a lift. You remember a couple of years ago, they they probably were missing a player like Stuart Armstrong mm-hmm. to kind of do that high high like intense pressing game, and then obviously with a couple of injuries and Christie gets his way into the team, and I mean that changed the dynamic of the team. Christie coming in like that 
there's nobody in the team presses like Christy as much as sometimes I I think he tries to, to be too much like Pilo. Like he thinks he's he goes about there and he forgets what his actual role in the team mm-hmm. is. Like he's trying to play Beckenbauer World Cup passes all the time. But there's nobody in the team presses as as much as Christy and Armstrong used to do that as well because they've got that pace and that energy. And sometimes, I mean, Christy wasn't getting a game in the team and then all of a sudden you get a couple of injuries and he gets in the team and it's a complete change. Of, like the, the whole way the team's playing is, is completely different and he's became a, a mainstay in the team now. It's, I mean, it's really hard when's to get Christy role playing now, isn't it? Well, exactly. So how, how can a guy like Tumble not get, in, not get, not get a game even? Like a, guy like a guy like Storo. I mean, how long have we known now that Scott Brown's career is going to be coming to an end of a proper defensive midfielder? I mean... It, it, it's borderline criminal. Mm-hmm. Like they've signed yeah. Sorrow. If Sorrow's not good enough, then get somebody else in. If I mean, they signed that Kawasi a few years ago, and Rodgers is saying he's the most technical or the best player he's seen, most exciting player since Felt Coutinho, and you hardly see him. Then yeah. I know the, I know the cut of bad injuries and that, but you've got, now you've got Sorrow, and it seems to be the exact same as him. Like they brought they brought him on a couple of weeks ago away from home against Leo, and then you've not seen him since again. Like it's. I know. It baffles you sometimes, doesn't it? It does, it, it does baffles mate. you. It does. As you say, we've been years in the making of trying to get a Scott Brown replacement. I mean, that's... We must have scouts all in the world. I mean, surely can... I've always said we need a Wanyama type of player. See when the going gets tough in the midfield. If Scott Brown's not up to the game or not that he's tapped his game, we've got lovely football players, but we've not got players that can can and actually cut a tackle on exactly. And one big strong heaters in the midfield and that. You know what I mean? We've not got anybody that can buy a Wanyama type of player who's strong and good on the ball and take you 10 yards up the park and get into the big dirty tackles that you probably need to get fair, you know what I mean? Yeah, Wanyama, see that Scott Brown's done it for years, right? But Scott Brown's no Scott Brown anymore. He's getting older. He's there, as Sean says, is coming to an end. Have it on him. He gets up all the time, make a tackle for the fans, obviously, situation where there's no fans, but... He would make a tackle normally to get the fans up. Absolutely. I can't see anybody else doing that. I can maybe see, I can maybe see Duffy doing it. The rang, the rang tackle. Tackle his own player. Again, he's big Duffy's maybe a leader. I've not seen it yet. Still to see it. I think the big thing with Duffy is that he's came for a team in Brighton. He wouldn't even get a game for Brighton, but when he played for Brighton, they're not exactly a team who like I can play out to the back they're, they're um, a team who just kind of backs to the wall or thing. do you know what I mean like they're, they're get a team who they're not us they're not, they're not on the front foot all the time like they're playing a lot of games where they're on they're playing the counter attack and they're, they're kind of soaking up pressure and high balls into the box and Duffy will just clear them all day but now he's, he's been asked to, to bring the ball out for the back or make passes and he just, he's like he's like a Rabbit caught in the headlights at times, and obviously his lack of pace has been shown as well over over the course of the, the time that he's joined. But badly, badly missing missing Julian at the back. I think, is, to be honest, as well as much as people slaughter him for getting a a, a grab enough for Hartland and Dykes a few times. Like he's our best centre half, and there's a reason why we've paid seven million for him. She was talking about Julian against Lazio and Rangers, and he's always decent. But as you say, Dykes, but again, is that the park or is it because he is maybe to get easier against them? I don't know. But when he played against Lazio, he was superb in two games. Rangers, he, the cup final, he was superb and scored the goal. So 
He is a decent player, as you say. He's always spent seven, he's always spent seven million pound a guy. Let's be honest. See, the teams like in France and Italy, they are quite defensive and they pride themselves on defensive players. So he's obviously not a dud. And I, I, I rate Julian. I think Iron Julian's our two best centre backs. Even though Iron's not a centre back, but he is Julian, aren't he? He's turned into one. Aye. The thing with Dykes is you're now seeing Dykes ragged on everybody about. Aye. He just to be an absolute nuisance of presence and. He is a good player, to be honest with you, the guy. There's no... Because we looked at him while he was at Livingston, but now he's doing it in the international stage. Oh. And he's ragdolling defenders all over the place. He's, the guy has a presence, and he's a, he's only going to get better. He's about 24 or something, isn't he? Mm. Um, so, who's to say that he was not going to ragdoll in Harry Maguire in June? You know what I mean? No, no, no. So, to be honest with you, you can fault Julian for some things, but 85% of Julian's spoke one. He's good, you know what right. I mean? Definitely. So we can all have our bad games. That's just part part of football, isn't it? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Do you want to go into your next one, Ryan? I go for me. Um, to be safe. Um, favourite player, then. Favourite player, past and present, Sean. Yeah, I think of these early age. I'd probably want to say Larson, isn't he? Like Larson, but I've for me yeah. Um, and as much as a, as much as he's sometimes his views are controversial and he's, he looks to, to um, to get a reaction of people. Must admit, I absolutely love Big Sutton at Parkhead. Like I thought the guy was exactly what we're talking about there. Somebody to get in there and put in a tackle to, to kind of get the fans up, up for it. He was, I mean, he wasn't here. He never get bullied. Do you know what I mean? He's not getting in there when the going gets tough. A guy like Sutton. And the year, obviously, we went to Seville and he was dropping back in to play that kind of midfield role, basically, behind Larson and Hartson. Like, brilliant, a bit. Definitely Larson and Maravchik. Maravchik's one, obviously, the best player I've ever seen at Parkhead, like, apart from, from opposing teams. But, uh, obviously, Larson, the way that he uh, carried us for a good few years with all the goals and stuff. Yep. Um, aye, so, probably my... That, that, I'd say it obviously last time we're after it. I think that's probably a common answer. And the current team, I mean, obviously Edwards, a special talent. He's he's brilliant on his day, but he's been chronic this year. Like, mm. yeah, he doesn't look, doesn't look interested. Um, McGregor, I think he's a brilliant fellow player. I think McGregor three or four years ago, Rab, when we were going to games regularly together, and he was getting beyond the beyond the strike on scoring goals, and mind the goal he scored it, he scored it, scored at Hamden. Uh, we beat them four 0 and he just passed it to the I mean, that's that's what I mean. He's he's class, and he's my opinion, he's not getting utilised. So probably McGregor, I would, I would say, is is my favourite player now. Uh, I kind of echo you on them, Sean. As I say, Rav checks the most technically gifted football player. I've ever witnessed in week to week basis in my, my life. I loved McStay growing up. I loved John Collins growing up as well. But um, Larson, as you say, you can't take it away. But uh, even the false of old team, it's like they gave you so much good memories. I know that. Uh, and, but if I had to pick one, it's probably between Mravchik and Larson, as you say, and present McGregor. Absolute love. Um, I like me Christie a lot, but again, Edward on his day can be unplayable. Um, I just need the guy back to what he can do. Exactly. 
he looks like he could skin you in a fucking phone bomb box, you know what I mean? <laughs> He's so good, but we just need to get him back to that guy that's had the confidence and scoring goals again. You know what I mean? I know, I wonder, just wonder what's actually happened with him this year, if it is, his head's been turned or if it's to do with all that stuff with the virus getting them getting them early in the year or, or what it is, it's just, I mean, the guy last year at times was, was completely juicy, unplayable and um, he, he scored a lot of important goals for us, but it just, just this year he just seems to be a, a different player, more, a more kind of lazy player and he tries to walk the ball in the net all the time, which is I know, I know. just criminal. But, um, but I mean, he's got all the ability in the world, man. Like, ability of the guys like me can only dream of that. I mean, there's a reason I play golf and no football. So. <laughs> well, about yourself, mate. Who was your players growing up? Uh, he's probably Larson, mate. I see he's obviously, I've, I'm only 27, so I've kind of grew up and made the success with Celtic. I've hardly ever seen Celtic lose a league title, so it's not been, it's not really been hard to pick. As I say, that's the old team. I was not a young boy, but I can still remember to this day. That season we won nothing and we were absolutely outrageous how that team won nothing because they probably brought back for the, the present Rodgers era, probably the best success I've ever seen. So I would say Larson, but I can echo Sean, Big Sutton was superb, man. I don't think Big Manx a lot of credit to he deserves because some of Larson's goals, they went there goal for business first Sutton. Um, yeah. And present, I think it's wild for me, he's just as all he's there, but... I, he's probably one of Tim McGregor's maybe only two can maybe go a bit maybe further maybe maybe higher but so maybe top four level um, I think Edward can step into any top four teams on his day um, I think he's that good it's just I, I, think, I think the game against Rangers when we won the cup final was it the high cup final and he, I think he was only like 10% fit and he came on within 30 seconds big goals and shot himself foul that's just what he does Defenders don't like playing against them, especially in Scotland. Uh, for me, I think it's aye. Big Edward. I'd, I'd just love to have seen Dembele and the Charming Edward. Yeah, definitely. Longer. Because seeing Dembele... Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. With Metro and the best deal in wireless, whatever your goal, however you hustle, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees always included, so you know exactly how much you pay every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Plus, at Metro, get the latest 5G phones, like a Samsung Galaxy for less than 100 bucks when you switch. That's the best deal in wireless, so you can take control of your day wherever it takes you. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. Samsung A51 requires port from eligible carrier and ID validation limited to two per account. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details. So, I think that was the season they started off with some of the I was like, my dad says, this should be something special here. And then obviously, the bell left. And 
the champ's still uh, still rating the champ, but as he's just going to a bit more for me. No, um, but I Edward, I just wish I seen they three or longer, but because you can see that they had something together. The passes are playing and the charm there, and it was just it was good to watch, man. I agree on that. Yep, I agree with that. And obviously, Sean, uh, there been a lot of games kind of home and away domestic wise in Scotland. What would you say is your best away trip domestic wise, either for the game itself or for uh, a mad trip away? Any stories? Yeah, that many Ross Ross County away a couple of years ago was was a great was a great day. Uh, Griffith scored towards the end of the game with a free kick. I'm a dialist team. What did you say? A dialist team. No, no, no. It was under Rogers. Um, oh fuck! Aye, aye, free kick. Aye, aye, aye. Last minute, it was just a pure party atmosphere. I've developed out that lustig song. Talking to him on the whole game and. But definitely, the, the, my favourite away game is, is, is going to be the, the game when we beat them three two at, at Ibrox. When uh, obviously we won, we won the to win that day and beat to be ten men, and uh, it was it was brilliant. I'm, I, as much as I hate the guy, you know, like Rogers bringing on Edward when they when they ten men to stretch the game, absolute masterstroke, and the finish and all. I didn't like just some a, a brilliant day and a brilliant, brilliant memories like my pals 10, 10 or 12 rows back facing the next minute of doing tappy and just <laughs> absolutely mental like absolute chaos brilliant um, there's no better feeling than going to Ibrox and winning let's be honest like there's very very few better feelings than that because obviously you're talking about um, Edward you think that was for me I think that's probably the game that was him kind of going, mate, I'm here, I'm here, I'm ready to play now. And I think ever since that game, he's never really, never really looked back, is he? Because well, he's a bit of a player before that. Obviously, he signed kind of last minute on the, the end of the transfer deadline when they signed him and Patrick Roberts, I think it was, towards the end of the, end of the deadline. And then uh, maybe he obviously came off the bench and scored against Hamilton, I think it was, in his, in his debut. Uh, and... He just looked raw at that point in time, didn't he? But then, I mean, his composure to score that goal at Ibrox Saturday was just like, as if he'd been playing high-pressure games like that all his life. He just cuts in just nice, takes his time, like, no rushing, just hop in. Thanks for coming, see you later. Like, it was sensational, wasn't it? It was, I'll see you now, it's just flying in the corner. And, I know, mate. I know. As you say, that game, but as you say, you just tell, it was, it was a big goal and... And after the game, you know yourself how much you party after the winning Ibrox, but I think that was a game you look, fuck me, man, that's just, just, it's just something you can't describe. Aye, especially because they've obviously been with 10 men and they're thinking they're, we're there for the take, and then obviously Morelos missing that chance at the last minute when he's hit the ball off the post, or when it's easier, easier to score, you know what I mean? That just kind of added to all that, that kind of feeling of, aye, it was not so much a smashing grab, but He'd obviously chances to the the, the, the Jojo sending off and they've got chances to win him have ended up getting up the park scoring a cracking goal and win the game and it's absolutely brilliant. You probably aren't expecting to win when it goes to two each and it goes to sort of ten men. Mm. You remember Sean they scored after five or ten minutes? I was, I remember Josh Windass was by boy after made a mistake and he each yeah, minute scored. Windass yeah. broke through and scored and everybody went, Oh fuck's sake. I know that. Um, Aye, so they thought that, that's that we were going to come there. Exactly, I remember how good it was. Uh, it was some game, brilliant. 
as you say, I don't know what role you end up in, but you end up in 10 down or 10 up. Oh, the same as Brian McMillan coming for about 10, 10 more behind me to tap on me, man. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. What about yourself, Ryan? Yeah, obviously, I've been playing football for Macy's. Obviously, I'm kind of finished now, but due to injury. But um, the Macy games, I think I was went to. Maybe Carlton Cole scored. Was it Inverness or Ross County? Inverness, wasn't it? Was that Inverness? No, Dingwall. It was Dingwall, wasn't it? Peter, he did score today, no? No, he scored that one half of him and he, he claimed it was his goal. Was that that game? Oh, no, was that? I can't <laughs> Is that when they done the mad roly-poly thing? I was in Lundernes. I'm sure. I think it was. I think it was. Because I was out with my pal Sean, and we were at 21st. We didn't get home at like whole five in the morning. I was in Hamilton. I can remember two is like absolutely steaming. Woke up about six o'clock. The bus was leaving for the deal with Troy at half six. Latch. But he's showing me up and they go. He's like, I feel we're gone. I thought, no. <laughs> up, we're gone. Seeming like boss, I can just, I, all I can remember the day is Count Coast Mirror signing a Count Coast song. He was celebrating like one of the fucking Champions League. <laughs> That's probably the best kind of way they've been to domestically. But European, Sean, uh, if you've been to a lot of European games, who would you say is your best away trip abroad? I.e., the game, funny stories, missing flights, anything like that. It's just, yeah. I felt kind of interested in myself. <laughs> I've no, I don't, I've only been abroad a, a few times, mate. Not, not a lot, to be honest with you. Uh, probably like, I remember going to Milan. Uh, we could beat half, we could beat off at AC Milan. I remember it was in Champions League last sixteen. I remember Kaka scored that goal and he ran for ages. And uh, I, like, I remember going to Milan and it was during Lent and I was trying to stay after baby for Lent and then when it when it comes cooked later, think night again. Now one day I'll be fine. Like, I know I had a drink and then the minute I got to that. That square in the middle of Milan, that, and I was like, here we go. First thing I did, right in here, shoulder and bender buying. Like it was like a carton of wine people were drinking. Like it was, it was mental. Like, and it obviously got into the game. Like, uh, and you're going in, and I mean, you thought you had a good chance. I mean, we played a lot of good football, and starting was like kind of well regimented. Then, do you know what I mean? We were, really, we were a good team. We had to be, and we had players that could, that could come in and play well, and in that environment, and then obviously Kafka scored that goal, and it's absolutely mental. Like, I can think to the guy around the That's right, absolutely. Because if Wayne McGee just behind the striker that night, I remember looking at obviously, he was always the left. Yeah. Excuse me, and they played him behind the striker that night, and he had a great game. Great game, man. Aye, we were very, very unlucky. I thought a few half chances we had, but. Boric kept us in it, a few good saves and that, and then I, yeah, yeah. That, I remember being pig sick on the bus after that. I know, mate. Um, but aye, that was a brilliant trip, mate. Aye, 2007 that was. Aye. That's yeah, 13 going years to, ago. 13 years ago. Going to Amsterdam uh, as well, at the time of the, the, the riots in Amsterdam, and on the on the flight going earlier, and I was sitting beside these two guys, and one guy's off the chat, and the other guy was quite, kind of quiet, and I wouldn't have saved very much, and... Uh, I went to go to the toilet. I was coming back to the toilet, and there's guys that were robbing the robbing the, the drinks trolley. So one of them was like kind of uh, saying there, like trying to strike the last, and I was stealing vodka on it. I went back to my seat and had about ten minutes or so in my pocket, and then I offered one to the guy beside me, and he goes like, "I can't take that. No, I'm not interested in all that." 
Hamilton all right and said to the other boy beside me you're my knees he's like aye so he took one off me and then the minute he went away he went the, the guy beside me went to the toilet the minute he went away the boy said to me listen he's a priest that's how he's not taking it you're 30 off of stolen goods to a priest it was wild man but aye that was good man that was a that was a that was an interesting trip as well man brilliant brilliant so with yourself Robert any your best away trip Every trip I go on, mate, is a, I make a rip the one fear of it, you know what I mean? I don't know. Um, a disaster, mate, honestly. I'll tell you something. We went to, got to PSG, um, seven one game the one, um, promised tickets, a boy, um, right up to, oh, I've got your ticket, I've got your ticket. So I went there there without a ticket. Absolute disaster, but. We were flying out at 7 o'clock the next morning to, I think it was Edinburgh, and my mate got an email at 11 o'clock on the night before, um, sorry, your flight's been cancelled. <laughs> um, so we're like, so my mate starts phoning everybody at half 11 at night, and I'm like, what the F are you phoning for? I says, it's half 11 at night, I'm going to my bed, we're up at five hours for a flight. No, 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 you need to understand, we're not going on a flight. <laughs> what do you mean we're not going on a flight? They've cancelled the flight, but if we go to Manchester and be there for a back of six, we can get a flight to Manchester to Paris. How the hell are we going to get to? How are we going to get to Manchester? My mum's going to stay up all night and drive us to Manchester, <laughs> and she she doesn't mind if we all just give her petrol money by going. I'm like, all right, phone Exy, phone on. I think it was um, Exy's wee brother, man. So we are. And I packed a suitcase at half eleven at night, drove all the way to Manchester, got on the plane at six in the morning, started drinking, got to Paris about twelve o'clock. By this time we're absolutely steaming, no sleep. One of the suitcases in, in Paris. So I still no get a ticket. And um I'm asking guys about the square that anybody get tickets and all that. I go and meet a guy down at the stadium, Ugh, I'm no doing it. So we're in a bar and uh, somebody the guy behind the bar, it was a select bar, says um, Somebody's dropped a ticket. And my mate says, somebody's dropped a ticket and the guy's picked it up. He's took it behind the bar. Why don't you go and get the ticket? I wouldn't do that to an RC like, man. And hours later, man, drink that way. He's getting steaming for this time. I said, you think I should go and ask about that ticket? And he says, aye, why don't you? So I got to the bar and I goes, mate, I think I've dropped my ticket in this bar. And he went, oh, hold on, I'll get you. So I gave him 20 euro, got the ticket. We go to the game, we're steaming, great laughing, all that. Um, get to the game. I go with a ticket into the game, got him sat at this guy's seat, whose ticket I've practically took, um, and I'm Celtic score after 20 seconds with Dumbelly. I'm bouncing about, I think with Swiss pals, man, jumping about in the seats. <laughs> I think, oh, this is great, no realising this guy's pals are probably sitting around about me. Um, oh, and then obviously we got absolutely hammered, seven man, but the full trip, bar the result, was brilliant, and it's memories that last a lifetime. You know what I mean? Really, really good trip. So that's following myself. I, I went that game as well. Me and my, my pal, my pal's obviously passed away now. God bless his soul. But we went to that game and um, <laughs> again, we got an early fight, steaming on the way up. And we didn't actually know. We went to was, uh, Air France and you get two or three miniatures free on the flight. Didn't know that. So the game is like, I've like these three, three miniature wines, three of them doing your after playing two is in a way we were on the in the hotel, blah, blah. We saw this brilliant steaming, but we went again, and I can remember, <laughs> I was in this bar, and um, 
Aber es sind alle Beizen, die war ich, Kaffee, ei, ei. Also ich sag, yes! Dann bin ich auf Wafer. No, we were fucking scored, dropped all the fucking beer, didn't I? It's been 50 years old, dropped it all. But, <laughs> but the main story that that trip was, our flight was like, what, half seven in the morning, mate? Began at half five. Is that where you're, night you're charging your phone in your bed and you just kind of fall asleep? Fell asleep in big fits. She's like, coffee, coffee, wake up. I was like, what is that? Wake up, fight. I'm like, mate, it's only half fucking half five. Calm down, two or three years. Mate, it's half six. I was like, for fuck's sake. Same clay zone, no moving for a shower, nothing. Everything in the case, airport was stuck in a traffic jam. Through security, now I can't go on the flight. I had to go and board an off flight. Had to go through security again, booking off flight. It was like a thousand euros for, to get to Edinburgh. And I, I was that drunk, I could hardly speak, so he'd done all the talking. She was like, find 300 euros to Glasgow. And I was like, oh, she's much as it in Manchester. 180, I was like, oh, that's fucking cheap, is it? So we paid for that, and then obviously we get him, but just the memory, I've been him waiting me up, and I was like, what the, why are you waiting me up? I was <laughs> man, absolutely stupid. Honestly, <laughs> As you say, money can't buy it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's just brilliant. Ah, it's brilliant, man. As you say, it's really, really good. You know what I mean? Some great memories that will last your lifetime. You know what I mean? Definitely. And also, Sean, uh, you like a wee uh, sing, sing song and playing your guitar. Um, I know you've got a few songs to uh, play for us. Uh, if you want to kind of tell the listeners that the wee song you're going to sing now and give a wee... A wee play, a wee guitar song for his mate. Aye, no worries mate. Uh, aye, so this first song is one that Rab's asked me to do for him. Uh, it's no one you really get a lot of people do. It's a, it's a cracking song mm-hmm. uh, called Jackie Duddy. Or called Jackie, it's about the young boy Jackie Duddy who was murdered back on Bloody Sunday. Um, so aye, as I say, it's no one you really get a lot of people do. And, mm-hmm. um, recently I've been kind of doing a wee hang on Twitter and just trying to do like a wee you only get two or two minutes and 20 seconds per video, but just try to do a wee bit of rare, rare songs, because a lot of people obviously know all the popular kind of Irish songs and um, the kind of rarer ones that sometimes I feel are better, because then they just don't get enough airing. Um, so I kind of actually made a CD, or made two CDs now, but I made a CD just a couple of months ago there, and, um, put a lot of kind of Irish folky stuff on it and a lot of rare stuff, songs that a lot of people might not know or might not hear that often, but are brilliant songs and brilliant tunes. And uh, this is just another one of them, basically. It's a brilliant song and uh, written by a guy called Dougie Breslin or Jerry Breslin. And um, I, Rab's also said to me last night, would I do it for him? And seeing as, seeing as it's my big handsome pal, I'll do it for him, they bother at all. Sounds good. Cool. I was fired ahead with that new lads. Jackie, I remember your face 
from a far distant place. Yes, I do. Jackie, you were an innocent boy. Why did they destroy the future all to you? You came from a home of nine sisters and five brothers. Up in the Kragan, you were my cousin. You worked with the brother Justin, named after my father. Up in springtime, sending looks. Jackie, you were just 17 when they shattered your dreams, and we never got over it. Jackie, you'd find a good wife, live a wonderful life, and raise your wings well. 68, your mother Maureen, she died. Willie, your father, we cried. She was so very young. Her sister Dolly said if Maureen had survived, she'd have been in a coffin by your side. Your mother wouldn't have coped. Jackie, you were good in the ring. If that was your thing, you would have been world champion. Jackie, nephew John, did you proud? He's recognized by the crowd. He's fulfilling your ambitions. Faces painted, murals down on the bar. And I pray to God that you'll not be forgotten. The day in 72 was etched on our minds. The day that innocents died, we call it Bloody Sunday. Jackie, there were 13 others as well. More unfinished stories to tell. Jackie, Jackie, Jackie.
Chin's great, John Johnston, John Young, Jackie Dougie. Brilliant, Sean. Superb. Yeah, superb. Lads. Quality. Excellent, Sean. Really, really good. And obviously, no, uh, Sean, as, uh, as we can tell, you're brilliant in your music. Um, how did you actually get into music? Um, was it through Celtic? Was it Celtic? Or... I how did you get into music? Playing guitar? Yeah. So, so a bit of, I started playing when I was eight, when I was away and I was eleven. So my cousin played violin for a band in Donegal called Boats Don't Shave. Uh, they wrote a, a famous song Las Vegas and I was in Donegal. I don't know if you've heard it's kind of popular not Irish boozers. Um So Jason played played fiddle in that band and obviously growing up, your your big cousins playing festivals like Glastonbury and he's on the telly and stuff like that. You're, you're obviously an idol, so um, I, I wanted to, to be like him and my, mom, my auntie and uncle in Ireland uh, bought me a fiddle or a violin to learn to play that and I uh, went to lessons at school and absolutely hated it, so absolutely hated it and uh, I used to practice every night and then I just never, I couldn't get into it and then I used to go to Ireland every summer my cousin went to play for hours and hours and then ended it. It was my cousin Lisa, like my cousin's sister, but she was sitting at the piano and used to play Kevin Barry about 75 times a day on the violin just to try and get it perfect. And I think probably playing it that much, that just a wee bit of pressure, no pressure, but just constantly playing it probably put me up a wee bit when I was wanting to kick my ball about playing mold or whatever. And uh, I, so I never really done much with that, but um, also when I was at school, if people were getting. Uh, the recorder and stuff like that, but we get we get a Tim Russell in school. I had a music teacher, uh, a guy called Liam Devlin, Mr. Devlin, who like we used to have a kind of love hate relationship, but like, we had a, a good relationship with the staff. And you think back to thinking you had a good relationship with a teacher back at school because maybe you hated our teachers, didn't you? But um, and he used to make, give us penny whistles and he would keep me back and like, help me learn the revs on the penny whistle so I could play like Sean South and. And stuff like that, early doors, and it kind of just, I've still got a penny whistle to this day, obviously, nowhere near as good as a good pal James, Rab, but um, <laughs> I still play that, and kinda, I've always been into kind of Irish music through that, and um, really, I never really picked up a guitar until I was about 20, um, and I just kind of, through alcohol, basically, started, started getting playing the guitar a bit more and, and learning different songs and a very good friend of mine for school played uh, played the bass guitar and uh, me and him were absolutely steaming one night and decided we were going to start a band and we are going to call it Sean Fane. Obviously, with the connotations there. Um, so me and my mate Scullion, Martin Scullion his name was, he, uh, we started practicing not every week we were practicing, we learned about 20 different songs and we booked, we booked the Admiral on Waterloo Street. We booked the downstairs. We heard that was a kind of good selling venue. So we booked the place downstairs to, to play a gig. We sold tickets and uh, just for air. People came to see us and 
we just used to go and play. Actually, the, my music teacher, Mr. Devlin, his brother was in a band, um, and he used to play our time in Adro, and he would get us up to please, to please break. And uh, I would go and sing a couple of songs, these break, and then just kind of through the word of mouth that we go. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. I'll give gigs through that, but it wasn't very many. Then um, my mate was actually the way I was playing at that point in time was trained to be a doctor, so obviously he'd more important things on his in his life and then kicking about with me playing Samsung on his on his bass guitar. So uh, I started working somewhere and met a boy, Mikey, who, who played played the drums and he still plays the drums in a, in a band for Cobridge Tijuana Bibles and um, me and him had to off right away working together and was once one of my pals to school with Mikey knew as well played the, the bass and all that why don't we start a band and a guy asked us to play and the guy on the Admiral Dave Ross an absolute legend the guy asked asked us to play um, in, in the Admiral St. Patrick's Day I think it must be must be 10 years ago now maybe 10 maybe about 2010 maybe 2011 and we played St. Patrick's Day in there, and it was it was mental. It was, and it just kind of streamrolled through there. And just through that, Ryan basically meeting different people. I met James Ferry, um, who who Rab knows, and we played a good few gigs together. And Ferry and on in, just different things happened. And I ended up playing my boy Kieran Davenport, who is now I was then, and is now part of Glasnevin, a brilliant mandolin player and a very good part of mine. And uh, we played a lot of gigs together. Just not other place, and then just over the years, like, I've, I've gigged on my own. I've gigged with my pal at our boy for school, James McSherry. We played a lot of gigs together. I went to Switzerland to gig, um, and then I gave it up for a while, like, just through disillusionment my own self, basically, like having to deal with mm-hmm. general problems. That's you, Sean. Um, what's the best gig you've ever done? Um, fuck knows, mate. Can I tell you? Um, like, gone. You're saying Switzerland that? How was that experience? Uh, Switzerland was, was, uh, it was a good experience, mate. It was, it was mental. Like, um, flown over there, gigging St. Patrick's weekend over there. It was, uh, obviously, it's not the same as us here. Mm-hmm. We were just having a good drink and all that and having a carry on each other and playing daft songs. Like, can, some things you think to yourself, well, how did we end up playing that last night over there? Like, <laughs> uh, like, just daft. Like, Johnny be good and stuff like that, like mental. Um, I don't. I would have kind of tell you the best gig, mate. Recent, Is recent it just times. Like you've gigged in? 
other countries? I've played gigs in Switzerland then. I've done wee bits and pieces uh, when I lived in Sweden as well. Um, I've done a couple of gigs over there. Um, I have played, played, played in Poland. I've played in uh, Prague one night, and it's just just by chance both both those times really. But um, most of my gigs are just up, up Glasgow, really. Just mm-hmm. now I'm playing a lot of things in, in Gracie's in the Merchant City. Um, a lot of gigs in there. So I, I there's been there's been that many. I mean, Boxing Day last year was a really good gig. And great thing, have these options in the party spirit, and everyone's enjoying themselves. And mm-hmm. um, I so that was a good. My wee mate Mick was in to see me, and it was good just having a, a carry on knowing your pals are there. And um, I just, I mean, there's that, there's that many gigs to to, to honestly, like, I can't really remember. Pull up come after this podcast tonight and be like, oh, should I spoke about that gig? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. so obviously, you, you're saying like you're playing Gracie's and whatever else. How did you actually get into kind of playing in and the type of bars and was it through like people you know or just drinking there and whatever? Uh, it's just it's just probably all the mouth to be honest with you. Um, just basically gigged in St Vincent's a good few times in the past and the last eight does the bookings for or used to do bookings for St Vincent's and do bookings for a place Rocky or Sullivan's it used to be called in Queen Street's not open anymore and Sarah C took over bookings in yeah, I was over on Sucky Hall Street, so I was getting gigs in there, then done in Gracie's and I was well, just get gigs in there, but um, it's just it's just purely word of mouth, really, more than anything else. Like, um, that's what it is. Like, there's just, if people like, if people are like hearing you and stuff, they'll probably book you. Like, a lot of stuff, obviously, now, hopefully, doing a, bit, a good bit on Twitter with regards to, to him's uh, CD that I put out earlier this summer, which we'll probably want to talk about, but... Um, I'll probably hopefully get a bit more a bit more work from that really, but um that it's just it's just purely what I'm out like, maybe people see videos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What does your future hold in the music, Sean? What do you see yourself doing? You still it's, want to be gigging and stuff? You want to take it a bit more serious when COVID's uh, over? Def- def- definitely not, mate. Like, um, obviously I have got a day job and a, a day job that I enjoy, so um the music thing's always been a kind of a kind of side thing for me. And I'm lucky enough in this day and age that, that I've got a I've got a, a kind of main job. Whereas obviously there's people who are just music, purely musicians and struggling because of the virus and pubs not being open, which is which is crap. Like, excuse me, but now nah, wouldn't they? It's it's crazy because I think now probably I mean people are asking me to play. If you'd said to me six months ago that people would be asking me to play at their weddings and playing chapels and stuff like that, then yeah, I'd, I'd say you drunk, like, but. <laughs> Just madness over the last few while that we things have kind of kind of taken off um, with regards to the heavens and stuff like that. That who knows what will happen, mate. I'll hopefully still just continue doing gigs whenever we get what I want to. Um, I just kind of go with the flow and see whatever happens with this kind of the heavens stuff as well or the chapel stuff, whatever. Sheila, um, obviously sign up on stage and stuff. Is is it something that you fry before or you you, you miss? Or do you, do you ever get nervous like anybody doing stuff? Do you get nervous on it or do you just thrive off? Obviously, because you say a lot of your pals can I go to your gigs and stuff, so is it more just like singing your pals? That's the way you can go on, or do you just go as can I, I need to go and perform with anybody else? Uh, I think it's just a case of you do it that often, you just get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, first few times I did it, but 
it's uh, it was nerve wracking. Like, I used to sing my shot all the time and just kid on like there was nobody there. Like, um, and people used to slag me for it all the time. I opened your eyes and I'm terrible. I can't. I, I don't really have the confidence. I don't know why it is. I can, I, I'm fine singing, but see, like talking during songs, like between songs, mm -hmm. and I just don't seem to have the confidence to do that. And a lot of people kind of can chat away to the crowd and, and get a bit of kind of crack to and fro, to and fro mm -hmm. with them. But I just kind of go on with what I'm doing and and. Uh, it's it's just what I do. I guess like probably when I go back, I'll be nervous again because it'll be so, it'll been so long since I since I've did it. And uh, I it's it's just it's a, it becomes routine after a while. I think to be honest, Ryan. Mm -hmm. You want to sing another song, Sean? I know one, mate. So um, I'll do. So basically, as I said a few times, I've released this this Hams album during the summer. He was doing a kind of weekly thing on Twitter whereby. Couple of them in a group chat with a good good group of boys, and we had to kind of carry on about the style started with me singing Lady or Not, which is like it's a brilliant hymn. And my, my pal Paddy Donick, he was asking me could I sing Colors a Day? Uh, and I put that on Twitter, then kind of snowballed for there where I started doing a hymn every week and doing a top five countdown of hymns. And um, it's mental getting messages of people. Every couple of days, every day, ask me to do certain hymns for them and stuff like that, and ones I've never heard, and it's manic. So it just kind of steamrolled into people kept asking me to make a CD and end up during the summer they'll make a CD or during the summer of September or something. It was I made a CD, and obviously I released it um, under the alter ego of Keith Montrell. Um, Where well, uh, did that name come from? Uh, I so like it's a long story. Well, be a short version basically right so um i love rap scene is but like absolutely love it and uh there's an episode where they go to millport for a country and western weekend and they're trying to hide the fact that they're going to millport for rab so he's obviously in the pub and there's, there's posters up on the wall and he's hiding they're all hiding like in front of the poster so that rab can't see and uh then james he says like what he's not telling me what's happening here what he's not telling me about this country based western weekend for James Cotter walks in, he's dressed as a cowboy, and he goes, I'm not telling you because you'll just rip the piss out of us. Bartender gave me three fingers of Buckfast and a pack of cheesy hula hoops. And the bartender goes, coming right up, Zeke. So Rab goes, fuck Zeke. And he goes, oh, when I put on this, this hat, I change my identity and I become Zeke Montreal out of Missouri. So for ages, my name on Twitter was Zeke Montreal, like for absolute ages. Uh, just purely because of that, because I just love that that kind of wee sketch. And then uh, one of my best pals, just just by chance, like found out they had a cousin called Keith. He had never told me about it. And mm -hmm. Sorry, Keith's a pure, in my opinion, it's a fucking chronic name. Like, they were just slagging each other. Like, uh, they just, I just started slagging off with having Keith. And then just to kind of have a... Carol and I changed my name on Twitter to Zeke Montreal to Keith Montreal. Because um, I was like, I was like, ah, but is it Sean? Is it Keith? Or is it Beef? I don't know who I haven't talked to yet. <laughs> well, it's mental because then obviously I've had this kind of wee feud with internet future, we call it, with the, mm. the Bears and the Big Blue House podcast. Brilliant. Uh, Absolutely and, brilliant, sure. And you may have seen that, and they're calling me Beef Montreal and slagging me. So, um, that's building now. Obviously, I just changed my name to Beef just to kind of get a bit of a bit of crack with them. So, uh, 
Aye, it's, it's mental that people would message me say, oh, great, great, Keith, thanks for that, and keep up the good work, Keith, and I just laugh, man, it's, it's mental. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly, man. <laughs> but aye, so uh, I'll batter on the row, um, I'll do I Watch the Sunrise, so everyone can I watch the sunrise Lighting the sky Casting its shadows near And on this morning Bright though it be I feel those shadows near me But you are always close to me, following all my ways. May I be always close to you, following all your ways, Lord. I watch the sunlight shine through the clouds, warming the earth below. And at the midday, life seems to say, I feel your brightness near. But you are always close to me, following all my ways. May I be always close to you, following all your ways. I watch the sunset fading away, lighting the clouds with sleep. And as the evening closes its eyes, I feel your presence near me. For you are always close to me, following all my ways. 
praise goes to you. Following all your ways, Lord, I watch the moonlight guarding the night, waiting till morning comes. The year is silent. Earth is at rest, only your peace is near me, for you are always close to me, following all my ways.
the performance of Carlos going Euro. Is it? Well, I mean, there just seems to be. What do you say, mate? It looks very disjointed to me. It does. I mean, McGregor came out and said that himself in his interview. That was his words. I mean, we're disjointed. And the thing is, as I said there, every single player in that Rangers team knows what they're doing. They know what their role is. I mean, there's players in that Celtic team, you, I mean, you can't, you can't tell me the guys are in that team and the moment they've got to go today. Too many players have been... It doesn't look regimented, it doesn't look practised, it doesn't look like they're training properly, like, they look unfit. And I've never seen a Celtic team like that. Like, there's been Celtic teams over the years where the Strax team could go for 90 minutes, so could Anil's. Like, every team, Rodgers' team, are super fit. And, I mean, I love Lennon as a player, but I want him back as a manager this time. Absolutely not. I thought the club were at a point where they've, they've appointed somebody like Brendan Rodgers who's changed the entire ethos of the place and all the, the, the way everything's working. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to a step back. I mean, you all that stuff last year with the players getting three and four days off. They were saying it at one point and, and nobody could quite understand how you've went from standards under Rodgers to where we are under, under Lennon. And don't get me wrong, they kicked on last year. And to be honest with you, like, I did done really well after Christmas, but Rangers were terrible after Christmas. The last two seasons have been absolutely rotten. Yeah. And they, they look like a completely different animal this year. And I think that's, I know we're only three points behind the room, we've got two games in hand, but we just don't seem to be consistent. We just can't seem to string results together now to keep, to keep things going. Like, um, it's, it, it, it's, it's a worry about you're expecting to see a reaction. Obviously, Motherwell was a good performance in, in the hole, but there was, there was still some, some things in there you're thinking, what's actually happening here? Like, um, seems to be too many players off forum, and I don't know if it is off forum. You hear all the, all the rumours that they don't want to play for the manager. This person's fell out with the manager. This person's been fighting. John Kennedy's fell out with the manager. Like, it, it, it's, it's mental. There's just so much going about. And, I mean, obviously the media are playing up big, big time this year because of how important this year is. Like, I mean, let's be honest, they've got a 10 this year, that's all that matters. Like. Yeah. She obviously, she, because obviously I'm kind of still playing football now, June, so I'm watching games now as a fan, but as like a coaching perspective, right? And even watching my dad, even it, and we, we're, we're getting in shape. See that the followers go, midfield should go, the, the we we all the Browns there, McGregor's there, Elanusi's there, Forrest. But there no Rangers, as you says, we've got far better individuals, but they are better organised, probably better drilled, better coached, as you say. They walk on that part and all that thing. I think we are kinda as fans it looks to me they're just going, right, you are better, just go and win the game. Just use your talent and hope that wins again and you uh-huh. know talent can get you so far. I mean, See, see, honestly, like, I think I probably agree with your statement there that like, we've got better players over the, over the last couple of years, but our players now don't seem to be on the level that their players are. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I'm not trying to say they're world beaters because they're not, but neither are we. No. I, I think, I mean, I'm not fucking tactical guru, but the problem for me, what I can see is that it's all stems right through the middle of the park, like, right through the middle, two centre-halves, there's no, there's no pace in there, so the fullbacks are up attacking, and then there's need in there to cover the two fullbacks. You've got Brown, who's now losing his legs a bit, who isn't able to get across side to side to, to cover for the fullbacks going forward. So you've got McGregor now dropping deep to help out Brown, 
like so McGregor's in there, you're losing him as a player, then you've got Christie one on the left, you've got Elianusi on the or Christie on the right, Elianusi on the left, and then you've got Fertogsy Rogic and Sharon in the ten role, and they three want to play the same position. Whereas mm-hmm. when you'd Sinclair on the team, as much as Sinky would cut inside, Sinclair could get to the byline and all. And and Forrest can get to the byline. Forrest doesn't want to come inside all the time on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. So that that creates a bit of width and it drives people people out of position, whereas now we're all everything just seems to be calmed in the middle of the park and it's just, just I mean, Christy cut inside and you play a dink ball through and nine times out of ten it doesn't work out or El you see the same, you come in for the right or the left and on his right foot and do the same thing and it's just all crammed in there. There's no real width to the team and obviously I understand the fullbacks are meant to create the width and that's why they're coming inside but there, there goes the problem I just mentioned a minute ago. The fullbacks are up the part and then we lose the ball and see how many times they're caught under the caught under the caution. I mean, it, it's, it's even Fatum, back and fair with Terry Faros when the same thing happened and the boy breaks down the left hand side against El Hamid and cuts inside and scores a goal to take them through and you're, you're, you're like, what the fuck happened there? But, yeah, as you say, it's, it's so even as. Uh, I don't mind him maybe like two or three World World Cup goals, but every goal we're conceding is goals that don't need to be conceded. Yeah, definitely. It's simple, simple defensive mistakes, and if I go any level, you, you can't do that because no matter who you're playing against, they're going to punish you. Because even as me and Rob were talking about last week, even in the game at home, the first game of the season, Hamilton, Hamilton's club with three goals against us. We were we were right. and I think we are just. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Is he in the line? But now it's good enough. And I've obviously, I've not been to Meyer or Lennon as a player, as I say. And, but his appointment for me was just ridiculous. I, I, don't, I don't know where it came from, as you say. It's a backward step. Rod's just trying to fall through the canteen to the cleaners, tap to bottom. He cleaned the full way for the club. And he can't do that. And then expect Lennon to come in and do the same. It's not going to happen. We've went for spending money. I were back the manager, but as you say, recruitment levels so far, it's it's a I guess. The big one for me in the summer was that boy Tony for for Peterborough. They had a chance to go and sign him at the striker, and he looks like a similar player to Edward, and and so much that he's got a bit of legs about him. He's that kind of tall gangly type of player where he's got long legs and he'll, he'll get a bit of pace about him. He can hold the ball and he can beat a man. We let me miss him and he's doing there for Brentford and he's going goals for fun. And apparently he got him for somewhere in the region of five to seven million now. Uh, 
Sean, we were talking about that last week, and I says, will we go for players now? That was in the paper for about four or five weeks. Yeah. And then if you remember, we done that for four or five weeks. We went for him, we went for him, and then we kind of hummed and hoared a million or two million, whatever it was. He says, I said it was about six or seven million. We then go to a Yeti to try and sign a Yeti. A Yeti knocks his back, if you remember, right, and goes, I'm going to go and hold the two weeks and weigh right. up my options. So then you're in desperation. You don't know who you're going to get striker-wise. And then you've went to probably a Yeti, offered him more money desperate times, and he went, I'll bite the horn after. You know wow. what I mean? And he comes in unfit. As you say, our number one target was Tony. Aye. We never, we've, we've identified the centre of midfield as a place that we need to strengthen. We've no strengthened that again. We bring yeah. Tumbo in, but I don't know if he's more attacking player than he has a defensive player, or where Brown is. So we've not, we've identified that. We identified the centre half, but Shane Duffy has never looked up to that. And it's the structure, I think, we some of the targets was about playing this 3-5-2, but Shane Duffy doesn't be able to see playing a 3-5-2. Right. Because he's then asked to play football, which he can't do. He's a lump that clears boys and heaters boys and wins big desperate tackles. I also don't think you've got a squad for 3-5-2 now, Rab. I think you've got a squad of players where you made the big fuss of signing El Yanusi. He doesn't fit in a 3-5-2. No, he doesn't. No, no, it just doesn't, I mean, obviously you can play Griffiths and Edward up front, but you've, you know, Griffiths can be unreliable, obviously, as we, as we all know, but you've then got McGregor, Brown, Christie in the middle of the park, and you've got Sham and Rogic, Tumble, Sorrow, that boy Ewan Henderson on the bench, like, I mean, we don't really seem to be squad, we've got a lot of centre midfielders there, mm. but in my opinion, in my opinion, You've only got one. You've got you've got one player Brown, and they're just going to win the ball for you. And 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 day hangs. Then you've got other. You've got a lot of kind of guys that are builders. You know what I mean? They're kind of going to build attacks for you rather than playing through balls or playing nice nice football rather than and diggers like Brown. Yeah. But the thing for me is as well. I mean, you've got Lax out on the left who looks an absolute steal. I would say him there if I could. If I could, if you could mean. You'll not get him, but if you could, you'd fucking bite, bite the hand off him. But then in the right, obviously, I mean, Greg Taylor, like, as much as he tries very hard, he's, he's never know. He, he seems probably like a bit of confidence as well, to be honest with you. But then you've got obviously Frank Paul. The problem is, he's a left back. He's not a uh, wing back. He's a left back in a defensive team, Rob. Exactly, exactly. So he's never used to being a guy to go and create something. So when we're trying to get him to create something, he doesn't know how to get by a man in there. I know, I know. See, the boys don't get the confidence to get by somebody. He's not going to do like a wee step over and get by a player. He always wants to... That's why McGregor always shuffled out to the left-hand uh, side to help him. You see uh, that? McGregor always pushed out to try and get the boys support and help him. Because he's not... T- he always looks for an option to pass the ball. You know what I mean? I've seen it so many times. Aye, uh, absolutely. Get in the line, get in the line. But he's not that type of player. You uh, know what I mean? So you're trying to then create a guy... What did you say, 23 or something? You're trying to turn him into a different player yeah. at that age. You know exactly. what I mean? And then who do you play? You play in the middle. No, I was telling you, you've got the right-hand side as well. You're, you, play, you lose Forrest when you play him in a wing-back role, do you know what I mean? And then you've got Frimpong, who's probably more suited to the wing-back role, or Al Hamid in there as well, like, if he's going to be a right, right wing-back. Like, it just seems, seems to me the 4-2-3-1 the or 4-3-3, whatever you want to call it, is, is the kind of formation that suits. And players know how to play that. Like, I had a period last year we were doing three five two and it, and it worked well, but 
it just seems to be that regimented, get the players regimented on a, form, a formation that suits the players that you've got, not trying to make a formate, make exactly. players that you've got suit a formation, do you know what I mean? You see on the guy, Tony, obviously, I was a big hang on Twitter, I was saying like, see, see when we're close to 10 million, 12 million, I was like, look, Celtic only want to pay, it doesn't make business sense for us to pay 10 million pounds for a League One striker. It doesn't make business sense, but if you're saying 5 to 7 million and plus add-ons, it might make business sense because look what he's doing now. But for me, at £12 million, as you say, Rob, if that's who the guy you wanted, then go and fucking pay £12 million and get him. As a fan. But hang on, that Gavin Stratton, they obviously got him in the coaching staff. He was he worked for him, but he's the one who recommended him. And I mean, if that's your coaching staff telling you to buy this guy and no you're not going in there and buying it, like, it's. Um, that's a lot of it's mental for me because I mean, if that was me, you'd want uh, he he's made he's basically said get this guy and he's set the team perfectly, and they paid nine million of us for Edward. So how can they not go and seven million for Julian and then see they've, they've went and paid five million for a Yeti. So why not just offer them like five million oh, plus yeah. add-ons or whatever it was? You know what I mean, five million up front plus add-ons and and take it there. Exactly, appearances, goals, getting into Europe, that should all come in then, appearances with that, you know what I mean? That's what the exactly. money is Exactly. I mean, uh, that boy's obviously flying at Brentford now, and he's only going to go to bigger and better things. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Spoke about last week, the recruitment for us, and even when Rodgers was here, some of his recruitment was, was terrible. I know it's a problem, is it? Then to Bailey, but you seen guys like Gamboa, Jack Hendry, Compare. He does sign a lot, so see that when he was kind of saying he wasn't backed, he did get a lot of money that he wasted. But I think a lot of the time was Ryan that, that Rogers is trying to say when the marriage feds, the, the, the clear thing I'm going to talk about here, he mm-hmm. doesn't have a clue who, who that boy is and they've signed him. So, so it, it seems to me there's always nah. somebody in there, no, somebody in there's making signings, it's no Rogers. Now, Jack Henry was a bit of a vanity project with Rogers, I think they've seen. He's seen Jack Henry and thought to himself, well, I can make him into defender. Like, when there's more chance of making me into defender, do you know what I mean? Like, right. But Jack Henry's actually doing all right now, apparently. In Belgium, he's doing quite well earlier. I think that's what he's Belgium. Ah, uh, yes, sure. Um, the, hang, the hang is, look, I understand that a lot of big football, club, football clubs now don't have the structure where the manager's completely in charge of transfers, but you'd like to think the manager is able to get an input in the transfers and I mean, if you see there, guys like Gamboa and, I mean, did, did, did Rogers see him? Did Rogers know him well for playing at West Brom before he signed up here? Or, I mean, who, who really did they, they maybe have a, right, you've got, a, say, a transfer budget of £8 million, but you need to sign a right back, a centre mid and somebody else in that. Right. So he goes, the guy I want is £5 million, so if I go and sign him at £5 million, I can't go in. Thing we get, I mean, that's, but that's how you've got options. That you've, got like, you've got options, then, do you know what I mean? I mean? You've got three or four guys who just say, I, I, this is my, here's my list here. Here's, it, the, the, here's players I want. I've watched these players. Like, they've also got extensive scouts all over the world, so they can, they, can, they can compile lists of players probably like that. You know what I mean? Just the cut your fingers, they've compiled a list of players for a position. And obviously, agents are touting players and all, so right. it's just due diligence. Like, they should be going out there. Try to get players, and if they can't get your first choice, you get your second choice, vice versa. Like, but the managers obviously go to an input. Definitely, I've spoken about it. I think 
my podcast recently, it was more to my dad was there, and she, you, you can see watching, I don't know how it takes, it takes like four and five weeks for us to get, I know, I know it's not just going to get a player and sign him, right, but you know within 10, 15 minutes you're looking at a guy, if he's got something, so see if you're, if you're looking at guys, as you say, that for weeks and weeks and sign them, I know, I know some guys who turn up to a club and it doesn't fit them, they don't play well, but an example is Pukki, came here, pressure, couldn't handle it, went in orange, scores goals, fair enough. When we're signing guys all the time, like Gamboa, your compares, Kuasi, guys like that, and they're coming here and they're no, they're not going to a slip at, at any minutes, they're no showing us anything. So, what are the scouts actually doing? Are they getting Rodgers and Ryan players? Is he, it's, it's so hard. Obviously, we don't know what goes behind the scenes of scouting players, but we can go to a Sunday league game and go, that guy, that guy's good. So what are they actually doing? It's, it's, I find it, for me, it's baffling how we can sign so many, I don't want to say it does, because I'm more professional football player, so they've obviously got something. But Aye. how can they come here and miserably fail? I don't know, Is it the pressure? I think you need to have somebody who's got that mentality that can take in the pressure and take everything in and be that person to deal with the pressure. Probably a lot of players just cannot deal with the pressure or mm. playing for a big, massive club. They think they play with big clubs to come to Celtic, whereas you've got to win every single week. You know what yeah. I mean? A few but, a but at the end of the day, there's the recruitment's got to get some right. Recently, we've not had many right. That's it. Where I, I find well, John Park got a lot of it right. You know what I mean? Right. Why would you not want to come in a team that's like what and be and be a winner? Do you know what I mean? Come in here and, and play for a team who, and you I mean, you'd want to test yourself in that environment. You're, 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 you need to win every week. But show me, do you know what I mean? Who wants to be a loser? So why yeah. would you know? Why would players want to come in and and, and think to say, oh, I don't know if I can handle the pressure? Just say like you want to go in there and prove that you can handle the pressure. Just say like, now all these players, maybe they're just substandard. No, I mean, you think there's the guys that like, they've signed over the years, like strikers like that Pavel Brozek they signed, Nadir Chiefchi. Do you know what I mean? Guys like that. Andre Kamara, get back to that. Do you know what I mean? Like, see if you want to change, man, because Roger's seen him and signed him. Roger's seen him in Scotland and says, oh, aye, I've seen him by cases. And then I thought, well, I couldn't believe he paid money for that guy. Because from 90 to Celtics, fucking four or five levels up, it's no. Just because you play Scotland doesn't mean you come to Celtic and play. Obviously, Armstrong, the guy's team is all right, but Armstrong's a, as soon as Armstrong came in, you, you, you seen he was a player, you knew he was going to go for his time, for his time. But it's this game, it's, it's different playing against Celtic in one-off game and impressing, but it's Celtic you need every game. And you know yourself, probably because we've had all this success, we're very critical when you have two or three bad games because you expect the high standards. And, uh, definitely. And the new Edwards having three or four bad games, and we're saying, oh, I can't defend them. <laughs> because, and, and again, after the night he's playing for France, he could score on Saturday, he played, he's got hard to, and all it's forgotten. That's just my oh, fault. Football fans are fickle, mate, and as is football. Aye. Uh, it's always, it's, it's the news about your testing time, and hopefully we can make that end. And again, we've got a final come up, hopefully, again, I can, he's a week and a. Twist and the, the change of lot, and maybe we're going to win the ten. And 
Obviously, Sean, what do you think is kind of the rest of the season? What do you think about Lennon? Last few bits, would you stick with him or go with maybe my opinion? I think no matter what happens, I think for me, we've seen enough. We've been terrible all season, and it, if it's going to change in two or three months, then it's not going to change in four or five months. I think there's been plenty of opportunities to change to, to change the management already. There, I think that uh, after after Ferns Varos could have changed it then. Mm-hmm. After the Rangers game, could have changed it then. After the four one drubbing a couple of weeks ago, probably in my opinion should have been changed then. I think like yeah. me and you, that was probably the last straw for him for his family. Uh, definitely. Cause it, Wait, <sighs> he doesn't even look interesting at times, Ryan. He does he looks he sits in that bench with his arms folded. Where he snoops up in his in his gums and, and it just doesn't look interesting at all. You're right, that looks like a beaten man and I mean they're not going to they're not going to release some new or sack him new. The opportunity mm-hmm. was apparently the Marble game and I thought they might have got rid of him then and put Kennedy in charge for the Marble game and then, and then use this kind of period of international football to, to to look for some deals or get some deals. But I also think that if, if a team like Celtic has not got a kind of plan B of managers that are looking at to to be the to success at the Lennon, then there's something, there's something definitely wrong. Do you know what I mean? Um, and this, this adage of, or this old people keep saying there is, ah, you can't. We, we need to go for managers out, that are out of contract. Or no, no, why we don't? We, we, why we don't? We've got money in the bank. Why we don't need that? If we want a manager, we go and get them. Mm-hmm. Just like a player, you go and play the going, you pay the going rate, and you get somebody in that you want. Somebody that's going to come in and make a difference. And as much as I love Lennon as a player, and I love the fact that he. Came in at a time we were desperate for, for, for a bit of continuity and he did something in there, then I loved him for that. I think the way he was off the job, everybody thinks that obviously it took a, maybe took a shine off the, the treble treble a wee bit and the fact that I mean, it was kind of rushed. Um, everybody's expecting Rafa Benitez and stuff like that, or a chat was at that point in time we're going to get Benitez or whatever. And <laughs> you end up, up with what you've got. And, and as much as I say, I, love, I can't stress enough, I love Lenny. He gave me some of the best years of my life following Celtic, um, both as a manager and a, and a player. But the thing, the thing for me is you don't... Yeah, no, but, but I think the thing is, the thing is we've been saying that for a wee while and they just keep getting bad results, you know what I mean? And this this weekend against Hibs is probably... I mean, you say they are all got a cup final coming up now. Every game's a cup final. I know, I know, I know. We've not beaten them there for 2015 in the league. I don't know, mate. I'm not going to go one more. Right, and obviously, last week, back to yourself, which thinks the rest of the campaign, what's your kind of thoughts and kind of queries are what you think? I just hope we start to build a bit of momentum. We'll get players back now. The excuses are done, mate. I don't see any excuses now, I think. If we don't kick on now, and we're still playing crap, and if we back points, then I would say time's up. But I hope to God he turns it round because, as we all say, we're all rooting for him. Mm-hmm. He's one of us, and we want him to be good and successful. It's no, we want him out for anything other than, you know what I mean? We don't want rid of him for the sake of it, but we want this 10 more than ever. And Absolutely. This will come back round, this chance of winning 10. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Definitely. You can't have nine hard years of work go to waste, can yeah. you? Yeah, but that's the thing, Rob. It's been nine years of building up to this point, and see the thing is, 
you could have back. I always thought myself they'll back the manager this summer because it's one last chance. Just go in and pay the money for players that they want, and at the end of the season, you'll probably have a mass exodus at the end of the, end of the season. Definitely. Uh, the guys like obviously I will go, Angler, and McGregor may go, Christie will probably go, Edward and Sham, Brown probably might retire, like Beaton might go. It's a, I mean, there might be just mass exodus of players, and I thought myself, just go and spend the money this summer, you'll, you'll recoup a lot of it next year. We're in a position now where. Sleeping behind the wheels, the Green Brigade banner said, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Sure, I couldn't uh, echo that anymore, to be honest with you. We just need to take this next few games and try and build on it. Exactly. Saturday, the Hibs game is absolutely massive, do you know what I mean? And then, whatever, Saturday or Sunday, then you're going to just uh, build for the air, basically. This weekend is probably the biggest game in, in 10 years. Aye. And I think, as I said, that about the Marvel game as well, it was the biggest game in 10 years. So and now you're talking about Every game is going to be a week, Sean, as you say. You just need to try and get the results every week. I don't care if we play shit in the next six weeks and we win the six games. Nah, yeah, as long as we win the six games. You know what I mean? Oh, just build a bit of momentum, do you know what I mean? That's it. This yep. is also the uh, last few bits, Sean. Um, and now we saw for us to kind of see you out and he's a wee last few hurrah. Aye, no worries, mate. So... I just thanks very much for, for having me on tonight. Lads, uh, it's been it's been great to come on, obviously catch up with you, Rab, and, and, and meet you, Ryan, and chat away to you and talk a lot of shy, which is my favourite my favourite subject. So exactly that, mate. So I'm going to finish off here, lads, with everybody's favourite Christmas cow. I hope you all uh, hope you enjoy yourselves tonight and I hope we'll be back in the podcast again sometime soon. On the motorway just the other night some lights were flickering up to my right my little son sitting by my side I star those fairy lights for Christmas time Those are not lights for a Christmas tree that's dark location you'll grow to see that Christmas cheer does not mean a thing in the gate I got our back or an block wing this is a time for for party games and for family, but many homes are sad tonight. They wish for someone's name by candlelight. Those are not lights for a Christmas tree. That's dark location you'll grow to see. 
nos tiras da tira fe in the gala garaba already sploing it is the season all good well and here in Ireland we believe that still I do my is made for greed we only want our sons and our daughters free those are not lights for christmas free that's not the passion he'll grow to see that christmas cheer you grow up, son, to be a man. You will inherit a better land with peace and joy. Our country ring You'll never have to hear your children sing Those are not lights for Christmas tree That's dark location You'll grow to see That Christmas cheer Thanks a lot, Sean, for your time, mate. It's appreciated. Celting, obviously, music careers. Interesting. I don't, don't, don't really know much about you, mate. So it was good to kind of hear about yourself and how you're into music and stuff. So, brilliant, mate. And obviously, Robert, once again, mate. Uh, happy days. Another good podcast. Some interesting stories. Um, again, on Saturday, hopefully, get a good one. Um, I'll be reviewing. I'll be kind of previewing that. Um, coming up to Saturday. Um, but until then, lads, thanks again. And as I say, speak on the Celtic now and for our podcast. Back for another one before Saturday. Cheers, lads. Thanks again. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. 
I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Feels the 